0: Titled the talk today, Conquering Giants, Conquering Giants, I want to share with you one of my favorite uh, Bible stories, one of my favorite biblical characters, his name is David, the story is David and Goliath, look with me in First Samuel chapter 17 and verse number 2, the Bible says Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines, The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing five hundred, five thousand shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. This giant named Goliath was about nine and a half feet tall. And the scripture says that he wore a bronze armor that weighed 5,000 shekels. That would be 125 pounds. All of Goliath's armor together weighed approximately 200 pounds. And for 40 days, Twice a day, this giant would come out and he would defy the Israelite army. He would defy their God. He would mock the army. He would mock the living God. And this giant stood in the Israelite army's way of victory. And just like the Israelite army, we're facing a giant. There's a giant called the devil. And the enemy, the devil, the adversary is trying to keep our friends and our family entangled in sin so that they will spend eternity separated from God. We all have family members or co-workers or or students or, or friends or neighbors who don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And what crazy is all about, this crazy stewardship campaign, it's all about Reaching one more person for Christ. It's all about more changed. Lives. And you know the cool thing is this. We have the answer. We know the answer to conquering the devil. We know the answer to conquering sin. And his name is Jesus Christ. He defeated death, hell, and the grave on Calvary. He rose again on the third day. And he is alive and well. And he is the answer for Oklahoma City. He's the answer for Oklahoma. He's the answer for the nation. He's the answer for the world. You see friends, Jesus changes lives and that's why you and I have church. That's why we serve. That's why we give. That's why we sacrifice. That's why we launched the crazy campaign because Jesus changes lives. Jesus changes lives. Before I came Jesus,
1: definitely I was chaotic. Um, you know, I was using drugs, I was selling drugs. I wanted the fast life. I wanted the, you know, the quick money and the, you know, the the, the, the nice the nice cars and you know the nice clothes. I wanted everything fast. I didn't want to have to work for anything. I thought this money was supposed to make everything okay, and when it didn't, I just started using. And then, you know, that did it for a while, and then it got to the point to where I wasn't making any money because I was, you know, I was using what I was actually supposed to be selling and I sold a lot of my stuff to, to keep getting, to keep getting drugs. It's over, now. I mean, I had to wake up and just from day in and day, I had to be on drugs all day, it just, I had to be. And it got to the point where I almost overdosed twice. Um, the last time I found myself like in a fetal position and I couldn't move and you know, like I was black, I mean, I started to black out, I started foaming from the mouth and you know, my girlfriend left me on my birthday, like I lost my job. Uh, I got kicked out the place I was staying, so I was homeless. You know, I kind of looked up and I, you know, like I actually said, I was like, hey, okay, God, you got me. Like, the joke's on me. So, what, what, what is, you know, what is this? I met a guy named TK. You know, we were looking for a church, and he was like, hey, you know, come to People's Church. Let's go to People's Church. And um, I went, the first time I came into People's Church, it was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Um, the, um, I never felt anything so strong ever, um, and you know I knew that that God was real, that God was really in this building. I could feel Him, um, and um, I, you know, I heard Pastor Herbert preach, and, and the message seemed like it was, you know, geared directly towards me, and. You know, after I heard him preach, it was just like, you know, when when the invitation came, I was, I knew, I, I knew this is what I had to do. I knew that God was telling me to, to, to give my life up and to lead a better life. You can't, you can't live like this forever. You know, you can't, you can't keep being out on the streets and you can't just keep doing some of the things that you're doing. And, uh, you know, I gave, I gave my life to Christ and, you know, ever since then, everything has been so much better. I mean, if it was not for this church, I really don't know where I would be. I, 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 I really don't know where I would be. So, I definitely have to say thank you, Pastor Herbert, and People's Church for saving my life.
0: Definitely. That's why we do what we do. That's what this church is all about. That's why we have the Crazy Campaign because it's about more changed lives. It's about reaching more TJs who need to experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. For the next few moments, I want to give you five keys to conquering giants. Five kings' to, keys to conquering the enemy and seeing more lives changed through this crazy campaign. Number one is this. Don't be controlled by fear. And the Israelite army allowed fear to control them, that they saw how big the giant was, and and they got so fearful that the Bible says they ran from the giant. They allowed fear to keep them from conquering this Goliath. Fear kept them from conquering this giant. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 23, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. They all ran. And friends, David initially ran away from the giant, but David didn't allow fear and intimidation of this giant to stop him from conquering and defeating him. And let me submit to you that David, when he attacked this giant, God showed up in a big way. And God gave David the victory because David was not overcome by fear. And you and I, we cannot let fear stop us from conquering the giant that's in front of us so that we can see more lives changed by the power of Christ. And some would say, well, what about the economy? What about the recession What about the future? What what about what's going on all around us? And friends, I I submit to you today that God is in control and we can trust Him. I said we can trust the Lord. And as you and I are faithful to obey the Lord's voice, and we're faithful to, to step out in faith and obey Him and make our commitments to the Lord and give generously to His kingdom, God will be faithful to meet all of our needs. He will Be faithful. God will give us the victory so that we can see more TJs, see their lives changed by the power of Christ. I submit to you that souls hang in the balance and we can't shrink back as a church. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38, but my righteous one will live by faith, not by, not by fear, not by what they see that that's been driven by, by, by fear and sight. We're called as followers of Christ to live by faith. And the Bible says, if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Listen, you and I, we can't shrink back. Listen, this is about heaven and hell. This is about eternity. What we do makes a difference in the lives of people. Souls hang in the balance and we're not shrinking back. We're moving forward in faith. Amen. There's a second key to conquering giants. Number two is this. You must be faithful in the little things. Faithful in the little things. Notice this in First Samuel chapter 17. Verse 17 through 20 says now Jesse said to his son, David, take this ephah, of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock. He was watching the flock for his father. With a shepherd loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. Jesse was his father. Notice the Bible says he did what his father directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, positions shouting the war cry. I want you to notice that David was faithful in the little things. He, he was faithful to take care of the sheep. For his father, he was faithful to obey what his father asked him to do. And on this occasion, his father asked David to go to his brother and to take some food to them and to bring back a report of how his brothers are doing as they're fighting the Philistines. And think about this. Think about this. If David wouldn't have been faithful in that little, small task, he would have never been in position to fight Goliath. You see, it was his faithfulness to obey his father in the small thing that positioned him to defeat and conquer this Goliath so that he could experience the blessings of God in a tremendous way. And friends, the same thing with you and I. It's being faithful in the small. It's being faithful in the little things that positions us to conquer the giants and experience the blessings of God. You see, don't ever doubt that small doors... Open to big rooms but it's been faithful to do the little things and i I think regarding our our stewardship our financial arena that you and I just need to be be faithful in, in the small things and as I share this scripture with you in Malachi chapter three for some of you you veteran Christians this is just a, a review this is a, a refresher on a small thing for us to be committed to and to be faithful to, but, but for, for, for some of you, this is brand new, and, and, and the really awesome thing about People's Church is, is we're growing and lives are being changed, and since this time last year, we've grown 800,000 people, bigger from last year, so we've got a lot of new believers and a lot of new people here, and, and, and so for some of you, this is going to be brand new. I mean, you, this is brand new material, brand new information, brand new principles that I want you to grab a hold of so that you can be position yourself to be blessed by the Lord. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8 through 10, will a man rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? God says, in tithes and offerings. So let, let me explain this to you. And every Christian, every follower of Christ is called by God to return 10% of our income to the local church or the storehouse. That's what we're going to read a little bit later in this portion of Scripture, to the storehouse. That would be the place you and I call our church home, the place where we worship. And that that's actually the minimum requirement is returning the tithe, 10% of our income. And then an offering, he says, you rob me in tithes and offerings. An offering is what we give Over and above the tithe. Really, an offering is where generosity starts. The tithe is the minimum requirement. We're all called to do that. But an offering would be what God speaks to our heart to give over and above the tithe. And we really can't offer until we return the tithe. So there's a tithe, 10%, and anything above that is called an offering. Verse number 9 says this. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. I want you to hear my heart as, as your pastor. And some of you are new to the Lord, and it's really my desire for you to walk and experience the blessings of God. And I don't want the enemy robbing from you. I don't want your financial life under a curse, under the attack of the enemy. So it's really exciting for me. It's a really a joy for me to be able to teach you these principles so that you can position yourself to experience the blessings of of God. And he goes on to say in verse number 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that the local church where we worship, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. The only place in scripture where I see where God says, test me, try me out. And you have the opportunity to do that today on the crazy card that we handed out to you last week. If you don't have one, they're in the back of the seat pockets. You can grab one. And, and listen, before we, we even talk about the over and above giving to the crazy campaign, here's what I want you to do. If you're, you're not committed to tithe faithfully, I want you to step out in faith and test God. And, man, it's going to be an awesome journey as you watch God show up big time in your life. And so on this card, underneath where it says email, there's a box, box for you to check. That Man, I, I want to test God. I want to commit to faithfully. Tithe. And this is a huge step. I mean, when you're a new believer, you're brand new to God, this whole thing, I call it a little small thing, you call it a big thing, (laughs) to step out and to be faithful to God and just watch how the Lord shows up in your life. For for some of us in this place, we've been faithful to tithe throughout the years or the last months, and we've been faithful to that. And so today, we're looking at giving an over and above gift. And so right here in this box, we're going to put down what we're going to give over and above the Lord's tithe to the crazy campaign. And here's what God's promise is to us. You'll see this at the end of verse number 10. God says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. God says, when you begin to bring the tithe, when you begin to bring offerings, God says, you position yourself for me to bless you big time. And there have been people in our church that have been faithful to this, and they have experienced the blessings of God in a tremendous way. And I want you to hear from a couple in our church who have been tithers for years, but stepped out in faith and began to give over and above their tithe to the crazy campaign. And God has blessed their socks off. Check out this video.
2: We were we were new Christians and we were struggling with whether or not to tithe. We were we knew we should, but we were sort of Afraid to tithe, we, we couldn't afford to tithe. If you know what I mean, <laughs> and uh, and so we we uh, went through a series. This was back in the in the 80s. We went through a series of job losses, and we were really convicted about uh, tithing, but we were financially in, in a tough spot. And so we decided um, we we actually prayed and asked God sort of one of these prayers. God, we don't know if you're real or not, but we think you are, and we think you want us to tithe, and so we're going to step out of faith and and uh, and, and be faithful to do that. And and uh, God just really, really blessed us uh, beyond anything we could have really imagined.
3: When you're when you're first believers, and we were brand new believers um, and started tithing immediately, um, you, it is such a step of faith because you really don't know, and especially you know when we were new believers and going through what we'd gone through financial and everything, there you have a tendency to want to hang on to your money because you think this is your security, but when we came to realize there really was a God and He is what provides our security. Um, it was easy, you know, to, to take that step and we never you know, we never lacked for anything.
2: When when the Crazy campaign came along we we sort of talked it over and we were trying to decide what to what to give, how to give. We we were giving the tithe, but we felt convicted and led to, to give more than that. And so we um, we sat down and talked about it and prayed about it. And we sort of decided that we would give a, a minimum amount with a percentage. I'm self-employed, and so my income varies from month to month. And we decided to go ahead and. And to set a minimum dollar amount, and then if God blessed us beyond that, uh, we would give a percentage. And as it turns out, we have uh, we've not given the minimum amount any month. It's always been more than that, and God's blessed us tremendously. We've um, more than we could have imagined, even even in this past year.
3: A couple of years ago, um, we made a decision to downsize. Um, so that we could have some financial freedom, because whenever you have a lot of financial burden or debt, or you know, it does—it's it, a constant temptation to to not give to the Lord and just use that money to you know pay off something else. Um, and we made a, a decision a couple of years ago to you know be financially free from that and actually took, you know, what had been the American dream home with the pool and everything else and um, sold that and moved into a tiny little house (laughs) and we were loving every minute of it. It's been the best thing that we've ever done because, you know, we've eliminated our debt and or minimized it to just a house payment and that has freed us up so that we can do things. Like, give 15% and and um, not have that burden of, you know, we've tied ourselves so tight to other financial things that we're not allowed to do that. This is an investment in people's lives. This isn't just a um, giving to the church so we can have a bigger building. Um, but this is an investment so that, um, you know, people can come to know the Lord. I may not be able to, to um, go to Africa or to India or... You know, I may not, I may not be a Herbert Cooper and preach, um, but I can financially support those people, and give make provision so that people that you know other people can share the gospel, and um, that's a that's a big thing. I mean, that's a really important thing.
0: It really is about more changed lives, and you know what I'm excited about right now? Because some of you right now, Amen. Praise God. It is. It's about more changed lives. I'm excited because some of you, there's just weird feeling in your heart because you feel like, God wants me to do this, but I'm scared. I'm not going to get to go out to eat next week if I do this. And you may not be able to. But I say, God will bless you. And you'll be so blessed as you make that commitment to say, you know, I'm going to start tithing. It may be a sacrifice, can I tell you? God will show up and he will bless you. For some of you, you've been faithful tithers. God's speaking to you about the crazy campaign and you're going to make a crazy pledge today. I'm excited to hear your testimony, for you to shoot your video about how God was faithful and he blessed your life because you were faithful to invest in his kingdom. Point number three, there, there's a third third key to conquering giants. Number three is this. Remember, God is bigger than your giant. God is bigger than your giant. Notice this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47. Seven. David sent to the Philistine, this huge giant, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. David says to this giant, listen, God is bigger than you. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied this day the lord will hand you over to me listen buddy god is bigger than you and i will strike you down and cut off your head today i will give the carcasses of the philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a god of israel god's going to show up god's bigger than you and the whole world is going to know god showed up verse 47 all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear That the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. I love this. You see, when we're getting ready to face and encounter a giant, we must remember and we must remember that God is bigger than any giant. Friends, can I tell you, God is bigger than the recession. God is bigger than the economy. God is bigger than your job. God is bigger than any devil. God is bigger than any problem that you can ever face in your life. God is bigger than any giant. And friends, the battle that you're facing is the Lord's. It's not yours. God will help you. God will help you if you'll surrender to him. The battle is the Lord's. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see. A fourth key to conquering giants is remember how God has helped you in the past. How he's helped you in the past. When we're getting ready to battle a giant, we have to remember how God has helped us defeat giants in our past. And before David conquered Goliath, he remembered how God was faithful in helping him defeat giants in his past. You can see this in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 34 through 36. The Bible says, But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. He was faithful In the little things when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. When David was getting ready to fight this huge mammoth Goliath, this giant, you know what he did? He began to think back. He began to remember that when he was fighting against the bear and he was fighting against the lion, he remembered how God showed up in the past and gave him the victory. And you and I must do that as we're fighting the battles of life, as we're fighting the giants that are in front of us. We have to remember how God helped us in the past. We have to remember where God brought us from, and, and I think about my journey with the Lord, my wife's and I, and in regards to, to stewardship, my wife and I, we, we've always been tithers. We were tithers before we got married, and when we got married just about 12 years ago, we, we've we been faithful tithers to the Lord, but this whole thing about generosity and over and above giving was something that was new to us early in our marriage, and I'll never forget a, a man who began to speak into our life about over and above giving and about being generous to the Lord and never forget, you know, that first $1,000 check that we wrote out as a young married couple. Didn't have much and giving to the Lord and, and how God showed up and how God was faithful. And the, the biggest commitment that we ever had made in 2002 to that point, or actually 2004, uh, we, we, we just had bought 50 acres of land. we were getting ready to build a new facility. At that time, we were meeting at the Quell Springs Mall. We were meeting in the AMC Theater. That's where we started the church in 2002. And so a two-year-old church running three or 400 people, we wanted to build our own facility to reach more people who were far from God. And we knew we were the leaders of this thing. This young couple had to step out in faith, and we began to pray. And we felt like the Lord spoke to our hearts. That campaign was a two-year campaign. And we felt like God spoke to our hearts to make a pledge of $30,000 to give over above our tithe to the because. We called it the because campaign. We didn't know where it was going to come from. We didn't know how it was going to work out. We we, we didn't know. We used to begin to sacrifice, cut down our budget, and we began to practice the principle. And it's simply this. You give as much as you can as quick as you can because the Bible says God supplies seed to the sower. And so we began to do that. And it's amazing as we sacrificed and God began to open up doors, open up speaking opportunities. He just blessed us big time. And halfway through that campaign, after the first year, we raised our pledge up $7,000 more to $37,000. And we just continued to give aggressively. And God blessed. We didn't even have to eat ramen noodles one night. I mean, God, I mean, it was amazing. God showed up and he blessed. He blessed. He owed money coming from places we never expected it to come from. I, I didn't know exactly how much we gave through that campaign, so I called our, I emailed our financial assistant uh, this week at the office and said, well, how much did my wife and I give to the Because campaign over that two-year period? She emailed me back and said that we gave over $43,000 above our tithe in that two-year period because, man, God's blessing, blessing, God's faithful. And we looked back, and we saw how faithful God was in the Because campaign, and we didn't have to eat ramen noodles one night. God showed up big time in our life, and so here comes the crazy campaign. And 18 months ago, we were full of faith. We've journeyed with God. We've been tithers and giving above our tithes. So we, we, we have a, a deep level of trust in the Lord. And so here we were again to step out in faith. This was a three-year campaign, this campaign we're in now. And my wife and I stepped out in crazy faith. And we pledged $60,000 over three years to the, to the crazy campaign. Once again, not not knowing how the Lord is going to bless, how it's going to happen. But we just felt like this is what God's called us to do. So we began to practice the principle again. Give as much as we can, as quick as we can. And God showed up. And God began to bless. Doors began to open up. And you know what? If I told you some of the doors that opened up, some of the places I've been able to speak at and what they pay me, you'd go, I want to be a speaker too. When they speak, it's been Amazing. It's been amazing. If I told you what people have given me to come speak at events, you would be, bl- I mean, God just began to pour blessings out of nowhere upon our life. And over the first 18 months, the first 18 months of this crazy campaign, my wife and I have already been able to give over $40,000. And once again, we haven't had one meal of ramen noodles. God has been faithful. God has been faithful. Here's what the Scripture says. Here's the principle. If you're new to the Lord, you're a new believer, That you need to let, let this Scripture get into your heart and hide it away into, in your heart. This is a great principle here. And if you're a greedy, stingy believer, you need to listen to this too. Amen. It'll help you. It'll set you free today. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 10 and 11, now he who supplies seed to the sower? I mean, this is a principle that has revolutionized my wife's and, and our lives financially. God gives seed to the sower. So many people say, well, when I give, when, when, when God gives to me, then I'll give to Him. But that's not how it works. Ask a farmer. You don't get a harvest till you sow some seed. Well, God, bring me some corn. Then I'll, no, Bubba, you gotta sow some seed. Sow some seed, and God can bring a harvest. The Bible says, "Now he who supplies seed to the soil, God gives seed to those who sow, and bread for food will also supply and increase. You'll never outgive God. God will oh, increase your store of seed, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. You see, you give to get, to give again, and you give and you get, you give to get, and you give again." You give to get to give again. It's never about being greedy. It's never about what kind of upgrade the house and upgrade the car. No, when you get a heart after God in God's kingdom, you give to get to give again, to get to give again, to get. And the Lord just blesses you like crazy. Just tuck that principle away in your heart. It will revolutionize your life financially. Please hear what I'm saying. I am not saying if you give a dollar to God, God's going to give you $1,000. I
1: didn't
0: say that. I didn't say that. Because this principle has been misused and abused. I didn't say that. I'm simply telling you when you give to the Lord and you honor him, he will bless you. He will take care of you. Number five is this. Number five is this. The fifth key to conquering giants is remember blessings follow conquering giants. Blessings follow conquering giants. You'll notice in the story that whoever defeated Goliath was going to receive major Blessings. You can see this in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 25. Now the Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. You see, whoever defeated Goliath, this giant's blessings follow. Blessings follow conquering giants. And as you and I are faithful to the Lord, we're, we're faithful to tithe, we're faithful to give offerings to the crazy campaign. God is going to bless us in two ways. Two ways. Number one, I talked to you about that. God will bless you financially. He will, he will come through. If you test him and try him, he will be faithful. He, he will bless your life. And I'm really excited for your spiritual journey. I don't want you to live off my testimony or, or Rick and Angela Chambers T- Chamberlain's testimony of God's faithfulness. I want you to have your own testimony. That God's faithful. God comes through. And when you do tithe and invest in His kingdom, God does bless you so that you can continue to be generous to His kingdom. And there's a second way the Lord will bless you. And this is the most important way that God will bless you. He will bless you and I with more changed lives. Can I tell you, that's really what it's all about. It's about more TJs giving their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. Isn't it really Awesome to think about that because you and I tithe and because you and I give offerings, there are going to be men and women who are ready to give up on their marriage and their marriage is going to be restored. Because you and I tithe and give offerings and we're faithful to the Lord with our finances, there are going to be men and women who are addicted to drugs and addicted to pornography and addicted to alcohol that God is going to. To set free. Isn't it awesome to think that one day you and I, we're going to stand in heaven and there's going to be men and women, boys and girls, some of them we'll know and many of them we will never know, that we played an instrumental part in them coming to heaven and we're rejoicing with them together. We're celebrating our Savior all because we tithe and we gave. There were more TJs whose lives were changed we were faithful. This is about eternity. This is about heaven and hell. Listen, souls hang in the balance and you and I can make a difference. And I believe the Lord will speak to us today. Here's what I want you to do over the next few moments. I want you just to grab that card out. Maybe you brought your card with you. If you didn't grab one out of the back of the seat pocket and you can pray over it right now. There's no pressure to commit, but you can just pray over it. And here's the deal. Maybe you already came and already had a number written down. I want you to pray over it. Maybe the Lord will say, hey, I want you to increase that number. I want you to take a step of faith. You're just giving what you know you can give. I want you to step out in faith and let me do something crazy through your life. Some of you in this place today, it's going to be the commitment to tithe. You don't even need to worry about this top box. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to tithe. This is a crazy step of faith for me. I'm a new believer. I'm new to this journey. Herbert, I've been serving the Lord for years. but I just never have taken that step of faith. What an awesome step for you today. See, I'm going to test God. I'm going to commit to tithe faithfully. And watch God show up. Here's the deal. You can check the box. You're going to begin tithing. If you are a tither, you need to worry about this top box. And you put your, top, your total year and a half pledge right here. Whatever you want to feel like the Lord wants you to give over 18 months, put in that top box. And then there's boxes for you to check. Do you want to give that, that, that total number that you feel like God has laid on your heart? You want to give it weekly, monthly, yearly, or one time. And then fill out the information, your name and information there. And I'm excited to watch how God blesses you and how more lives are changed through our faithfulness to follow God's principles. So, right now, let's pray, let's worship, and let's fill out our cards together.